We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. All right, let's get it on. I'm Mike Boyle, and we are back for the second hour of the restaurant show. Colorado Springs, we're on 1460 and FM 101.1, The Answer. The show emanates out of Denver on News Talk 710 KNUS. Every Saturday, 10 to 1 in Colorado Springs. Every Saturday afternoon, 3 to 5 in Denver. But on Sunday, we do a simulcast all up and down the Front Range. It is a perfect time to talk about a provision before the Colorado State Legislature that will affect all of us all up and down the Front Range. It's called the Fair Workweek Employment Standard. And I will just tell you this. Um, anytime I hear the word fair... To be perfectly honest with you, my antenna goes up, I get a little bit nervous, but this is a bill that has draconian provisions that I think will directly not only impact the restaurant industry, the owners, operators, managers, employees, but also those of us in the dining public. Now, I am aware that when it comes to discussions about standards in the restaurant industry, whether it's wages, work conditions, food safety, whatever it happens to be, the listener, the customer, may tend to tune out and just say, how does it affect me? At my age, I have jokingly said that about the only thing I really need to know in any circumstance is when and how much. When can I get the reservation, and how much is this date going to cost me for this nice evening out? So anyway, I am not um, inclined to follow provisions that are before the state legislature. I am not particularly knowledgeable when it comes to the workings of the Colorado State Legislature, but my next guest is. His name is Jimmy Sangenberger. Jimmy Sangenberger is a guy that is also, not only is he a political pundit, but he is a guy that has an interest in the restaurant industry. He's a young man. He likes to go out. He likes to dine. He likes to go out for live entertainment. Matter of fact, he's an an accomplished harmonica player and has been known to sit in on live performances at some of these clubs. So I thought we would approach this. I'm going to ask Jimmy to weigh in on the bill, the technical aspects of it, without too much minutiae, without your eyes glazing over, the political implications. And there are political implications for the people that propose this and whether or not Jared Polis will sign it. I will weigh in being the restaurant quote-unquote expert. I will weigh in on the practical aspects and implications for not only the owners, operators, and businesses, but for you 
as a customer. Okay, so that's what we're going to do this hour. That sets the tone for this hour. We've got to go ahead and take a quick break, but let's do this. Let's take a break, and when we come back, let's introduce you to Jimmy Sangenberger, and we'll let Jimmy explain the bill, um, what's being proposed, and I know that Jimmy is a guy that can speak succinctly and can do it without your eyes glazing over. So we'll be back with Jimmy Sangenberger after this break on the Mike Boyle Restaurant Show. If you would like to weigh in... 303-696-1971. We'll be right back. Blame it all on my roots. I showed up in boots and ruined your blind tie affair. All right, that's Garth Brooks, and I'm Mike Boyle, and I'm going to introduce you to the guy that has probably the best bumper music in radio. Yeah, I always have Buffett, the Beach Boys, and the Eagles, and Garth, and Willie, but this guy always has some great, great blues. His name is Jimmy Sangenberger. He has a show on KNUS in Denver every Saturday morning, 6 to 9, but he is the go-to when the daytime hosts George Brockler, Stephen Tubbs, when any of these guys need a time off, for one reason or another, Jimmy is the guy that jumps in with the topic of the day. And my philosophy here on the restaurant show is 24-7, you get all of the politics, you get all of the circumstances going on around the country. But on my shows, we're going to talk about restaurants and travel and movies and books and sports and whatever we feel like talking about, stuff that lifts you up. But I think that this bill that is proposed before the Colorado State Legislature is certainly one that deserves some consideration. Jimmy Sangenberger, welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you, thank you for taking the time. Good morning, Mike. You know, I appreciate the invitation, especially because this is such an important bill for the restaurant industry. And, you know, you you alluded before how I'm a harmonica player. I sit in with some bands. I also have my own band, the Jimmy Jr. Blues Band, that plays around town. And so, you know, you want... Yeah, I want these venues to thrive, and I really think that this Fair Workweek Employment Standards Bill, which is House Bill 231118, would really hurt the industry. All right, so without going into uh, segment, uh, Section 1, Paragraph A, Sentence 3, that type of thing, let's give an overall view because it involves scheduling at restaurants. And I'll talk a little bit about the impact that this will have. Why don't you go through the, 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 why don't you go through the provisions of the bill, if you would, Jimmy? So fundamentally, it's about what they're calling predictability pay, this idea that employees of restaurants, so think about the servers, for example, should have advance notice two weeks in advance of what their schedules are going to be like, and any deviation from that will cost the business because they have gone beyond what the employee is supposed to predict as far as their hours and their pay. A few main things, and actually there was a great editorial in the Denver Gazette on this about a week ago, broke it down and said in a few bullet points, one, affected employees at restaurants and other businesses, and I'll get to who qualifies in a moment, would have to be told that their work schedule is whatever it is, 14 days in advance. 
you know how difficult that is. I'm sure you could talk to the implications here in a moment, Mike. Number two, employees would have to be paid a full hour's wage for any time added to a shift and two full hours wages for any time subtracted from a shift. And overtime pay would be mandated for any hours an employee works within 12 hours of the last shift. And keep in mind, of course, you have very busy seasons. I was talking to one restaurant owner of Sports Bar who made the point, if, say, the Colorado Avalanche perform very well, you don't know that they might make the Stanley Cup or when the next game is, and you won't have two weeks in advance to plan that ahead. So by my understanding is all restaurants in the state basically will fall under this, as well as other employers, such as in the retail business, that have 250-plus employees in all over the world would fall under this bill. So it's something I think would be disastrous in many respects, especially for smaller business, uh, smaller restaurants and restaurant chains, Mike. But in a, in essence, 14 days in advance, you got to provide a schedule. And if you deviate from that schedule, then there's extra pay requirements that will come out of the pockets of the restaurants that are just, by the way, recovering from the pandemic. And, costs that will be passed on to the consumer in the form of menu prices. All right. His name is Jimmy Sangenberger. You know what, Mike? There's one other thing I I should mention is that violations of some of these provisions could cost businesses up to $10,000 per infringement as a fine. Well, let me me take listeners briefly through (laughs) a couple of things that need to be considered. One of the things that many, yes, there are many restaurant professionals. When I went into the business 40 plus years ago, yes, we were all going into the restaurant business only until we could go out and get a real job. Well, when you talk about running restaurants that are doing a million, two million, five million, ten million restaurant corporations, that is a profession. You are a business, you are a businessman or woman. And so consequently, you have to run them for the viability of the restaurant, the viability of the, (coughs) pardon me, the business. The way a schedule is typically done for a server, because that's the front line. This is the person that is bringing you your food. This is the person that is presenting the menu and the prices to you and who you will compensate through a tip accordingly. Typically, a restaurant schedule is done on a week-to-week basis. Let's say, typically, Sunday to Saturday. Generally, requests are submitted up to the the previous Sunday, the week in advance. I need this time off because I have friends coming into town, because the snow is going to be good in the mountains and I'd like to go skiing, because I have final exams coming up in college. I'm taking a couple college courses, so this is the schedule that I would like if you can accommodate me. Then you have the week where that schedule is worked out. The schedule is posted on Sunday to generally near unanimous approval by those listed and then the schedule is carried out and this becomes an ongoing process and it seems to work reasonably well i can imagine the difficulty of trying to schedule jimmy mentioned the avalanche look at the window folks 
There's restaurants that are already planning on closing today and think about what it would cost them. We'll be back with Jimmy Sangenberger on The Restaurant Show. All right, 24 minutes after 11 o'clock, we've got Jimmy Sangenberger with us here on The Restaurant Show. Uh, This is a draft of a letter about the Fair Workweek Employment Standards Act that is before the Colorado legislature. It is by John Embergamo. John Embergamo is a long, long, long time restaurant industry involved person, uh, marketing and communications expert as far as the restaurant industry is concerned. And... um, has probably forgotten more about the restaurant industry than just about most people in it. In his letter, he says, requiring a finalized and virtually unchangeable schedule to be posted 14 days ahead of time would require management to start the scheduling process 21 days ahead of time. Employees would need to submit schedule requests 28 days ahead of time so the management team can accommodate any request for time off. Many of our staff work in restaurants primarily because of the flexibility of scheduling that we traditionally encourage. This bill would eliminate that incentive. It goes on briefly. The paperwork requirement of this bill is unrealistic for most restaurants, never mind the cost of the state for monitoring and enforcing the bill's requirement. If a restaurant manager fails to document one single shift switch, a lot of S's there, they will be faced with penalties and fines. This will lead to many businesses simply making it a policy not to allow shift switching after the schedule has been posted, taking away one of this industry's greatest draws for employees, its flexibility in scheduling. If a dishwasher walks out or a sous chef disappears, the practical implications The implementation of the bill will not require me to hire anyone from the outside for a minimum of four days during which I must offer the job to my other employees. If one of the other employees wants the job, I have to post their job four days in advance before hiring someone. It is an almost never-ending hell of posting during a time that hiring is already difficult. Jimmy Sangenberger, who is behind this bill? Do you have any idea? Yes. Well, first of all, that is so well articulated. No, in fact, I would think that Denver Representative Emily Sirota probably has not sat down with anybody from the restaurant industry because she would have heard sentiments like the ones you brilliantly heard expressed in that letter. And I, I loved how he talked about flexibility. This is a government edict that would take away the flexibility that is fundamental to service businesses, especially in restaurants where you could have a, cl- a sous chef or a server just say, you know what, I'm not coming in and I'm done. It can happen uh, and and does happen in the industry. And then you have all these requirements that you have to meet in order to fill the position, much less than to schedule out when employees are going to be working and so forth. There's no way that this can realistically be done, Mike. And one more point I think is very important. You think about the costs in the restaurant industry that already were shut down for so long under the pandemic policies and also were put into a position after they were allowed to reopen where they had significant limitations and different things that hurt the bottom line for those businesses. You're lucky if you're a restaurant that survived the pandemic and you're able to thrive at this point. Now you see the cost of eggs and milk and chicken and everything under the sun going up as far as your inputs. 
and then you're going to be adding on potentially additional labor costs, it's not viable for these businesses that have been struggling and suffering for so long in our communities and, quite frankly, do so much for every one of us when we're able to go enjoy a night out or get a bite to eat for lunch or go see some live music. And are the first ones called every time somebody wants to have a civic, charitable community event. They're the ones that are called for food donations, gift certificate donations. And I know that listeners out there, we've got a lot more customers listening, Jimmy, than we have restaurant operators. That's Mm -hmm. just the nature of the beast. But... Let me turn around and talk about it from the employee's point of view, okay? You know that you are scheduled to work on a shift in two weeks. In two weeks, the circumstances have changed dramatically, okay? You work at a steakhouse, and the Avs are going for the finals of the Stanley Cup, It has been proven that sports bars thrive in that environment and steakhouses and sit-down restaurants do not. So you are going to be required to go to work on a day that you know going in you are not going to generate the customer base and the tip revenue that you would expect from a regular shift. Conversely, you are not scheduled to work at a sports bar because we think that the Broncos, Avs, Rockies are going to lay an egg and they're not going to make the playoffs, so you're not scheduled. You can't go in, but all of a sudden the place is absolute pandemonium, it's absolute bedlam, and you are missing out on an opportunity to make a good amount of money. So It's not just that I'm talking about the owners and operators and managers' point of view. I'm talking about the employees that would be affected as well. You know, I I appreciate how you laid that out because it would have negative implications on regular rank-and-file staff in various positions. I mean, you think about the sentiments behind this bill. Clearly, There may be some good intentions. We want to help workers so that they are able to have some predictability. They've got family that they need to plan around, so on and so forth. So we want to make sure that they are able to get the full hours that they're allotted, that they can plan ahead, that they're not cheated out of hours to use the sentiment that would be expressed in this bill is you have a worker who shows up. They expect to have a certain amount of hours as a server, and then they're cut early and they were relying upon that pay, so then they don't get as much pay as they were expecting or hoping on. So when I was criticizing this bill, say on Twitter, some of the reactions were very negative, saying you're anti-server, you're anti-worker. And that's, couldn't be, that couldn't be any further from the truth, Mike, because when you're talking about an industry, you want to be able to have as many jobs available. You want to be able to provide as many hours for sure, but you you need the businesses to be open, to have the bandwidth, to have the flexibility so that they can add to your hours if that opportunity comes up or other things that may arise. This isn't an industry where you can just say, oh, you're going to have a set number of hours and that's that. And so you could find fewer people who are um, 
uh, you know, a restaurant's not going to hire as many people. Perhaps you have those implications. The the menu costs when you go to a restaurant yourself, you go out with your friends after working a shift, then those costs may be more expensive for you. There are a lot of things that can come downstream. We're not talking about a, a cut and dry, very simple uh, thing here. And you never really are when you're talking about businesses in any industry. One of the things that uh, I, I think that a lot of people, I, I, I think that when you get to the customer, when people say they want to go out to enjoy a day or an evening out, what do they look for in a restaurant? All right, they may be looking for Mexican, they may be looking for Chinese, but they want good food and good service. And I will tell you this, that's a given, that's a duh, that's a legitimate request. Obviously very subjective. But I would say this, that if I was a restaurant operator, I would err on the side of scheduling down just to help me manage my cost. That doesn't give the server, the bartender, the shifts that they may like but you as the customer, now, instead of having a restaurant where a server has three tables, <coughs> pardon me, still got a little bit of that cough, um, you find yourself in a restaurant where a server has six tables. And so consequently, the attention to your particular circumstance drops off. You know what? One of the things about the flexibility, you know, if you know my background, you know I grew up in Southern California, went to the University of Hawaii for my MBA, worked on the beach over there. And I know restaurateurs that would jokingly say, we open at 11 o'clock every morning. And they'd put a sign out that says, surf's up, we'll be here at 2. I know that Northside Pizza up in Breckenridge, wonderful restaurant, right there on Main Street, run by Brian and John. They say, we open every day at noon, unless there's four inches of fresh powder, we'll see you at three. And so that's part of the reason people go into the industry, Jimmy Sangenberger, to enjoy that flexibility. Yeah, and that's, and, certainly, it, it, and that's certainly coming at it from the perspective of the staff mm -hmm. members. Jimmy, I'm looking at a break. We, we're coming up on a break, so hold you any bet. thoughts you may have. We're talking with Jimmy Sangenberger. Um, I knew he would do an absolutely great job of explaining this to you. Um, what can you do? You know, maybe that's what we need to talk about with Jimmy when we come back. Do you, uh, if you are in the restaurant industry, do you contact your representative? I am just not convinced this is a feel-good type of piece of legislation, and if I was the person proposing it, I would say, since I'm pandering for votes, there's a lot more people working in the industry than there are running the industry. We're going to be back with Jimmy Stangenberger and his thoughts on the Mike Boyle Restaurant Show. Is the time. I'm Mike Boyle. This is The Restaurant Show. It is Sunday, January 29th. I'm privileged to have Jimmy Sangenberger with me, a uh, talk show host at Salem Broadcasting, KNUS. Jimmy, there is not a restaurateur in the world that has not had an employee come to them 
and say, you know, last week my schedule was a little light. I asked for it to be a little light. I'm in college. I needed time to prepare for my final exams. But now we're getting close to the end of the month, and I got rent. I've got a car payment. Can you ramp me up a little bit? Mm-hmm. There is not a restaurateur in the world that has not had that conversation, and I'd be willing to bet that the vast, vast, vast majority of them accommodated that individual. And so consequently, this bill will take this away. What do you suggest? We have a Democratic House, we have a Democratic Senate, and we have a Democratic governor. What is there any possible involvement on the part of listeners mm-hmm. that can help perhaps stop this juggernaut. This will be passed. Well, Dennis Prager says that Democrats vote on a motion, Republicans vote on a cost. Well, we've got an emotional House, an emotional Senate. This will probably pass. What can the listeners do about it and whether or not you think Jared Polis will sign it? I wonder if he will, because I think that Jared Polis has higher aspirations, and this would be a shot across the bow at the entire hospitality industry, not only in the state but across the country. What do you say? Well, uh, real quick, I just want to say, adding on to your point about the the circumstance of, well, hey, can we ramp up my hours? What about the opposite of that, the inverse? You have someone who's, say, 21, Mm -hmm. 22. It's a very slow night. Hey, can I leave early? I want to go to this thing. And we're not very busy. So and then the owner is going to be like more likely the manager. Uh, probably not, because then I'm going to have to pay you under the law for the time, for at least the period of time that you're leaving early. And I had you set up for this this amount of time, and I didn't have somebody else who could have been set up for that time period. So it, it becomes a whole mess. And that's why I do think there actually is a good chance at thwarting this in the legislature. Right now it's in the State House of Representatives, introduced yes. by Democrat of Denver, Emily Sirota, and by the way, it's House Bill 1118, so 1118, so one of the early bills of the session. That is 120 days. It'll last through May or so. Uh, The legislature will be in in, um, um, active duty, so to speak. But when you look at the House, it could be stopped in the House by going to your local legislators and saying, hey, this is not a good idea. Shoot them an email. Send them a, uh, a phone call their way. There are ways at the legislature to connect with them as much as you want. If you're in the restaurant business, in the industry, you can um, testify. Watch for when this bill will be up in committee and let your voice be heard. The more that there is opposition to this, the more legislators will buckle under that pressure. If it does pass the House, then it will still have to get carried over into the Senate and be successful in the Senate. And that's where Democrats only have a few votes of a majority. And I think it could be stopped in the state Senate, if not in the House. And it's kind of hard for me to imagine that Polis would sign this into the law for the reasons that you alluded to, Mike. But it definitely is possible. This is why testifying when you can in committees, because there's it's open to the public. You just sign up day of. You can testify or making phone call to your legislator or sending emails to your legislators, whatever option you prefer, there's lots of ways to make your voice heard. And that's what we need at this point, especially. Jimmy, you interviewed on your show recently, the Senate minority leader, 
And mm. boy, I thought he was well spoken, very grounded. Um, tell the listeners a little bit about him, and maybe that might be a way to go as well. So, um, Paul Lundin is the leading Republican in the state Senate. He's the Senate Minority Leader, and he represents down in the Colorado Springs area, I believe, and is doing a great job working with not just Republicans, but also Democrats to advance legislation that will help address costs that businesses and everyday folks in Colorado are enduring. We're seeing the rising cost of everything, it seems. And he expressed strong opposition to this bill very concerned about what it means for the legend what it means for the the restaurant industry and other industries because this could affect uh would affect the retail sector and others as well because it's a service industry focused bill and uh, he's a, he's strongly opposed to it and i think think that the republicans definitely understand why this is bad the question is how many democrats will agree with them but certainly helping to bolster the republicans and their their message of this is a bad idea uh, is is very good. Give them confidence. Email and text or email or a, a phone call them as well, because what you can do in that case is say, I appreciate your opposition. Please hold firm. Please work to get other Democrats that are on that that, that could get on board with your position, because this is going to be very harmful to the restaurant industry, whether you are an owner operator, you're a manager, you are rank and file server, your customer will all get squeezed because of this. Well, and one other provision of um oh, my dog's babysitter is on the line and I'm going to have to call her back because she's special and I will get right back to her after my show at noon. Anyway, um Oregon and other cities have passed legislation that allows for a standby list where employees agree to be called if someone calls in sick. Or Listen, if you're on the doing your sick, I don't want you to come to work here. And that's a common courtesy. Um, if somebody's unable to come to work because they're sick or something comes up, um, maybe they want the evening off to go listen to the Jimmy right. Jr. Blues Band. Um, maybe, maybe that might be a reason to take some time off. But this bill great has reason. no allowance for us. I beg your pardon, Jimmy? I said great reason. Sorry, Mike. <laughs> That'd be a great reason. <laughs> That's why I injected it, buddy. Um, but this, <coughs> this bill has no allowance for a standby list. A standby list is people that agree to be called. You know what? I know I had this many shifts this week, but I'd like to pick up another, or I just broke up with my boyfriend, or whatever happened. My friend left town a little early. Can I pick up a shift? Well, boom, they're on the standby. Somebody calls right. in. Somebody's sick. Somebody can't come to work. Bang, we call the first person on the list, and that person has the ability to say, you know what, since I went on the list, I made plans, I can't come in today, but if you need me tomorrow. So you need that flexibility in the business, Jimmy. 
Right. Well, and even if the law did allow for that or the bill, it's not a law yet, thank goodness. Uh, If it did allow for that, I still would oppose it because what you're doing is taking away the flexibility from businesses at the top Mm -hmm. to make Mm -hmm. overarching determinations. That's absolutely crazy. And here's the bottom line. For me, Mike, I'm tired of this sense of contempt. Mike, I wrote a column for Colorado Politics earlier this week, coloradopolitics.com, on this exact legislation. It was entitled, Will Conceit and Contempt Define Legislative Session? And I don't like it when politicians presume that they know best and want to dictate to businesses or individuals how to operate day to day, especially when you have all sorts of unforeseen consequences or consequences that we can foresee that may come up. And yet when you lose that flexibility because the all-knowing, all-powerful government officials came in and told you, nope, you can't do that anymore, that can be detrimental to your business. And that's something that I think these legislators need to be reminded of, especially when a bill like this comes up. No, you can't do that. You should not do that. And we want you to oppose this legislation. Call, email, go testify, make your voice heard. It would be ruinous for the business industry of all kinds, all kinds of industries, and especially the restaurant industry. Jimmy, I can't thank you enough for taking the time. I know it's Sunday. I know you probably got your uh, slippers on and your onesie, and you're getting ready with the fire in the fireplace to watch a little uh, football playoffs or whatever you do on Sunday. Maybe you're warming up the harmonica for an appearance later today uh, with the Jimmy Jr. Blues Band. But uh, thank you so much. Thank you so much for taking the time to come in and uh, share what I think. I think it's a very important bill for not only the industry, but the customers are a major, major component of the restaurant industry. They may not be in the front line day to day, but they're the ones that – uh, they're the ones that uh, they're the mustard on the hot dog. They're the ones that drive the scene. And any time a bill like this comes up, it just has to increase costs to the business, and those costs have to be passed on to the customer. I was talking about this yesterday. Try to find a ten, twelve, fifteen dollar hamburger in this day and age. We are coming up on the age of the $20 hamburger, and if we're going to continue to drive up costs in the industry, that will be passed on to the consumer. Well, and and Mike, I I appreciate it. Um, Great to come on and talk about this. Again, it's House Bill 1118. And here's a question. Do the bill's supporters really want sports bars to root against the home team so that they can accommodate patrons under their scheduling scheme. Remember, say the abs. We want the abs to do well, don't we? We want them to go to the Stanley Cup, just as one example. And you know how they could pick up games in the playoffs within a few days. So you want to make sure that you have that bandwidth for sports bars so you can go enjoy your time. Thanks, Mike. You know what? As much bounce as this community has when Jimmy Sangenberger's on the air, when Mike Boyle's on the air, this town really has a lot of bounce when the Broncos, Avs, Nuggets, and Rockies are doing well. We're going to go ahead and take a break on the Mike Boyle Restaurant Show. All right, 
11.53 is the time. We've only got a few minutes left, but let's get Eric on the line. Eric, welcome to the show. Thanks for taking the time to call. Mike, thank you for your service, you great American. I think bless your heart, Eric. Thank you. I got to get a burrito to you soon, young man. Eric, and your breakfast burritos, I'll tell you what, they are numero uno. Coming from you, that's special. What's I going just on, buddy? To emphasize your uh, Lewis, great, great producer of yours. Okay, and I heard Jimmy <laughs> and you. What a great segment, Mike. It's just so simple, young man. There should be a counter creative active bill that no government shall or should make no provisions or law of any businesses, Mike. Period. That simple that they do not create. These people are insane, Mr. Boyle. From your lips I mean, to God's ears. A, oh, yeah. my yeah. God. This is a modern-day slavery control, and we have to nip it right now in the bud. These Democrats are just they're just nuts. It's slavery. Well, you know the what? The, man, unfortunate, the, unfortunate, <laughs> the unfortunate thing about... Um, uh, the political oh, arena is is that, and politicians will tell you this, that the minute they are elected, the all-encompassing, the all-consuming need is to get yes, reelected. Sir. And I yes, understand sir. that you say, well, unless you get elected, you can't do stuff. I remember a congressman I was talking to said he was a first-time congressman. And uh, somebody in the room asked him what it was like to be a first-time congressman. What's his day like? He says he gets up at 6 o'clock, works out, gets to the office at 7 o'clock so he can spend time with his staff. At 8 o'clock, he starts having meetings every 15 minutes with a constituent. Every 15 minutes, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 I'm making – I'm recounting a conversation, obviously. 12 yes, o'clock, sir. he has lunch. 1 o'clock – Every 15 minutes, one, two, three, four, five. Every single constituent wants something. It's involving money. And if you don't agree to help them or help them 100%, they immediately go back and begin to work for your opponent. And so, you know, I I think at some point you have to look at what is good. I don't vote for an issue. I don't vote because somebody's going to raise my Social Security. I don't vote because somebody's going to give me additional veteran benefits. When I vote, I vote for what's good for the town, county, state, and country that I happen to live in. I think at some point you have to subordinate what you think feels good to something that is more practical. And so... um, you know, Mike, Mike, if you feel we, so strongly about it, why don't you run? The reason I don't run for political office, Eric, is because I'm afraid I'd win. And then you have to go down and hang around with those people. And so That's what um, Melania told Trump, remember? <laughs> but before I let you go, yeah, before I let you go, young man, you know, yes, Mike, sir. I wrote some notes. What's next, Mr. Boyles? Is it is it that they can now bring up a bill to tell you when to walk your, you know, beautiful Mexican street dog? These people are insane, Mike. God bless you, and have a great weekend. I'll talk to you Thanks next week. Thanks for the week. call, Eric. I love knowing All that right. you're out there. All right. What a nice, upbeat 
call to end this show on. Uh, it's 11.58. I do want to remind you that uh, next Saturday I will be at Joyce's Famous Pizza. And Joyce is one of the nicest, most delightful hard-working people you will meet. It's a small place at 2120 South Broadway. I'll broadcast from 3 to 5. And, and during those hours, man, God bless a dump button, cough button, um, and during those hours, she will be offering her large one-topping pizza, and it's a monster for 10 bucks. Dine-in or take-out, Phone number is on my website at mikeboyle.com. Uh, also want to remind you that coming up on March 7th to the 14th, I'm taking a group of listeners to Mexico. We're going to fly into Puerto Vallarta. We'll be on the Pacific side. And then um, on March, it's on the website, is it March 15th? We will have our next get-together, the Restaurant Show Book Club, at the View House Restaurant. And we could use a couple more people. We've got about a core of about 16 to 18 of that. You know, we get uh, 10 or 12, so we've always got room for three or four more. And if you think you'd like to talk about books and meet some absolutely delightful people, uh, and we talk about books and travel and movies and whatever else we feel like talking about. I didn't get a time today. I didn't get time today to talk about Fauda and English in 1883. I'm now a Power Plus member, so I get more television and I pay more money for those services. Hey, have a great rest of your day, everybody. Lewis, thanks for producing the show. God bless you. As the out song says, adios and vaya con dios. Goodbye and go with God. Have a great rest of your day, everybody. I'm Mike Boyle, and this is. Is the restaurant show. Day.